And I had a moment of realization. I don't remember exactly what day it was, but it was like, like I said to you, there were symptoms leading up to it. And the realization came in that the day that the doctor said to me, I'm diagnosing you with this condition, he didn't hand me the disease. That wasn't the day that I like, I took on MS. It was a realization that, oh, okay, this is something that I've probably been dealing with for a while. Now I just know about it. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. You are listening to Don't Be Afraid to Talk podcast with James. If you are listening for the first time, you are welcome. Talking and listening is key for growth, and I hope our stories will bring us together and we can draw inspiration from each other. Conversation will include topics such as mental and physical health, trauma and its effect, suicidal thoughts, recovery, and well-being. We will continue to raise awareness and offer a different perspective a mindset or an idea that could inspire you to take charge of your well-being and to grow as a human being. Thank you for joining us today. Today I'm joined by Kate. Kate is from Ontario, Canada. And Kate is a holistic nutritionist, and she's also a podcaster. But today we're going to talk about, she's going to share with you her story of recovering from MS. If you are listening today, have an open mind, and we hope you can learn something from this episode. Kate, how are you? I'm good, thanks. I'm really happy to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm okay now, sorry. Yeah, thank you. Can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, please? So as you said, I'm a holistic nutritionist. That's not really how my journey started. I dealt with my own issues with chronic illness. Um, I was diagnosed with Mm. multiple sclerosis, MS, when I was 22 years old. And at the time, I I thought I was going to be a retail manager. I thought everything was kind of lined up for me for what I was going to do in the future. And it was a pretty eye-opening situation to go through. And over time, I realized that that's what I wanted to focus on. I figured out ways years later, which I know we'll talk about, that ended up leading me towards natural health. And when I realized that Mm. I could help my own self, I could improve my own condition and just feel healthier and better naturally, um, I realized it was something that I wanted to do. So I went to school for holistic nutrition a couple of years ago. And I've got some other things that I've been learning as well. I actually just got back from Florida yesterday in the U.S., Um, because I went for more training. I'm always looking to grow and expand in other modalities and other ways that I can help people. And yeah, using natural Mm. health has been such a game changer for myself. And so that's what I love to help people with now. Um, A lot of the times chronic illness is something that we can be uh, diagnosed with. There are conditions that can come up. And my experience in the past anyway, I love that you said, I hope you'll have an open mind today. Because this, the belief, it's all about open mind. Yeah. The belief that I have now, or the beliefs, I guess, that I have now are very different than the way I was raised. I was raised that if there's something wrong with you, medicine is the solution. You go to the doctor, and that's where the answer lies. And through natural health, I had to really kind of shift a lot of those beliefs. Um, and I help 
people mm. with that as well, because it can be a really hard thing to go through if it's something you've believed your whole life. Right. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was quite yeah. a journey. So this path of becoming holistic nutritionist is not what you had in mind. <laughs> no, initially it wasn't, that's for sure. <laughs> but going through it, yeah, I was like, I need to do something for myself mm. because medicine wasn't helping yeah. me. And, you know, it was little steps at the beginning. It was, well, you know, I saw a video that talked about using food to help with your health and heal things. And I was like, oh, hmm, that's something I could try. And it was just kind of a snowball effect from there. I added other things and other strategies and ultimately have com mm. completely been able to reverse my MS and all of the symptoms I was dealing yeah. with. So, yeah, it was not initially my plan. It just... It just kind of happened organically, right? Yeah, life just throws you something else. Okay, before we get going on our conversation, <laughs> we're going to play a quick game called One for One. Okay. I'll give you a word and you say the first word that comes to your mind. Okay. Yeah, so the first word is pancakes. Blueberries. Radiation. Oh, Fatigue. <laughs> and uh, effect. Cause. Exercise. Stress. And the last one is bare feet. Grounding. That's it. <laughs> I just like to start with that to trot your mind off things. So great. Can you just tell us a little bit about your childhood? knowing what I know now in terms of how trapped emotions and trauma and things that we've been through in the past can mm. lead to health issues in the future. I think that that may have been the starting point for me with health. Yes. Yes. There's a, there's an understanding now of how being able, being unable to express uh, emotions and feelings as a child can later affect your adult life. There's, I've heard they're trapped in organs. Right. So if you're holding emotions in your organs, I mean, in traditional Chinese medicine, liver is associated with anger. So if you're holding on to anger from other points in your life, mm. and you're dealing with liver issues. Is there a connection there? There could be. Right. Mm. Those emotions, the energy has to go somewhere. Yeah. And exactly. it's not designed to stay in the body. <laughs> no, it's not. No. And, and for yourself, when did... When did you start to, well, before you diagnosed with MS, did you notice changes on your health that you couldn't pinpoint what it was? Uh, looking back at the time, no. I didn't recognize that there was, any, I was 22 years old. I was like a young <laughs> punk. And so I didn't, things would happen and I was just like, that's weird and would just continue on with my day. But after being diagnosed and looking back, I realized that there were things leading up to it that didn't make sense. Like I had a, a period of time where, you know, my entire midsection wasn't completely numb and my partner and I would like, we'd pinch it as hard as we could and I couldn't feel it at all. And we were just like, Oh, ha ha. That's funny, <laughs> but that's not normal. <laughs> right. And so looking back, yes, there definitely were times that there were symptoms leading up mm. to the diagnosis, but I just didn't know what it was at the time. Right. And, 
when did it get worse that you decided I have to like this is not normal? I woke up one day. I used to work Monday to Friday, so I think it was a Sunday, and I woke up and my actually I woke up a few days before that. Sorry, and my entire right side was numb, and I was like, "Oh, this is really odd." And I left it a couple of days. I figured I just slept weird or whatever. Mm. But by Sunday, I thought, okay, I'm leading up to a full other week of work. I should probably go get checked out before that comes. And so I went into the hospital and like instantly they took me into acute care. Everyone was mumbling like stroke, 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 um, which was scary <laughs> as a 22 year old. <laughs> like- <laughs> Yeah. And I had like a battery of tests of a spinal tap of um, an EKG. I had all kinds of things, an MRI, all kinds of things done to me. Um, And yeah, in two or three days in the hospital, I I did have a doctor that I'd never seen before come in and say, like, I'm diagnosing you with multiple sclerosis. And I was it was that in itself was a shock because I didn't really know much about the condition. I'd never met this guy. I was by myself. So that was a trauma all in itself. (laughs) But I'm I'm grateful because it gave me a a launch point to move forward from there. And I know Mm. for a lot of people that I've worked with and other people that I've talked to, when you're dealing with illness and stuff, it can take years to get a diagnosis. And that can be really, a really stressful and a really hard time to go through. So I was lucky, I guess, in that sense. Um, Still Mm. stressful still wasn't easy yeah because if you don't know what it is and no one's telling you what it is it's very difficult to know where to even start <laughs> mm-hmm. and I've I mean yeah. I've had that with other health stuff as well and to have a doctor say to you it's all in your head is the worst feeling because you know it's not you know something's not right but mm. you start to question yourself right yeah am I crazy am I making this up Mm. what's going on right so totally yeah. yeah so it's easy to kind of get into oh if something else happens like this is not really happening because some professionals telling me it's not happening so yeah yeah and for yourself when you were diagnosed with that obviously it was a big shock it was like mm-hmm. i thought i just had a problem sleeping but yeah and how was the coming days and weeks after that like because it was a it was a surprise to you. Like first of all, you probably didn't know what MS was, did you? Not really. <laughs> I did had to do some research, and this was two thousand and five. So Google, I don't even think was a thing yet. I can't remember. I think we had like Ask Jeeves and like lower um, level search engines. So yeah. I wasn't used to being able to go home and Google it. Mm. Like you could now, um, which is a whole different topic because there's too much information in some <laughs> senses now. Um, but how are the coming days after that? I mean, I went home, uh, I talked to my mom and she said like, Oh, that's so sad. You're not going to be able to do all the things you wanted to do. That didn't help. <laughs> no, I get that she was just, it wasn't her intention, but that didn't help. And so, yeah, I went home. I took a couple days off work and I had a pity party for myself for sure. And I had a moment of realization. I don't remember exactly what day it was, but it was like, like I said to you, there were symptoms leading up to it. And the realization came in that the day that the doctor said to me, I'm diagnosing you with this condition, he didn't hand me the disease. That wasn't the day that I like, I took on MS. It was a realization that, oh, 
okay, this is something that I've probably been dealing with for a while. Now I just know about it. Mm. Right. Mm. And that able, that was able to, it gave me the opportunity to shift my mindset from feeling like such a victim and feeling so down on myself to realizing, okay, hold on. This it's just been- means that, yeah, I'm not going blind anymore with this. Right. Yeah. Like the, the changes had been happening. It just, now you have a name to, to it. So, and, yeah. and I'm aware, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a, well, I think a name at least gives you something to look, what not to look forward to, but like, right. How can I make the changes? If you're in that mindset, but at a time for you, was it a case of, okay, you've been diagnosed with this and this is your treatment? Um, <laughs> I went to a clinic. <laughs> right from the hospital. I cried my way to the clinic right from the hospital. And (laughs) it was the middle of the week. I think it was Wednesday. And I walked in and everyone in there was in wheelchairs. Another, another moment that really didn't help. (laughs) And so that was overwhelming and scary. And the doctor right away was like, okay, we're going to put you on disease modifying, disease modifying drugs. They're called DMDs. And that's how we're going to handle this. And I was not at a place Mm. yet where I was willing to do that. I was not the kind of person who took medication. I didn't like taking anything if I had a headache, let alone the the disease modifying medication mm, or sounds daily, heavy. <laughs> daily injections too. And so mm. I I pushed back and I didn't want to do that for a while. I was like, mm, let's just see how this goes. Um, but that was the only solution that was provided for me it was like, okay, well you'll inject yourself for the rest of your life. And So that in itself was scary. Like I didn't have the tools and the understandings that I have now to know that there are other options. There are other things that we can do, but yeah, that, that was the initial suggestion. And like I said, I didn't go with it right away, but a few years later, you know, condition, my symptoms started to get worse. I started to have more frequent Mm. relapses and I got to the point where I was like, okay, I have to do something Okay, because I'm not, I'm not getting better. I'm, I'm getting worse. So, mm, yeah. so it wasn't I eventually did yeah sorry so it wasn't a case of like this is your plan come back to us when you need help it's a case of like this is what we're recommending and then you're like oh no I'll, let me think about this <laughs> I think it was it wasn't uh, as, gent- as gentle as this is what we're recommending it was they were pushing that I guess in a sense okay um, but that was that was the only tools that they knew as well mm. and in a lot of ways it still is right? So they were like, okay, well, we'll just see you every six months. You can come in, we'll do an MRI. We'll like, see how you're doing. Um, but yeah, when I said, no, I'm not doing the medication, there was no other option, um, from there, but that was the right off the bat, the recommendation or the, yeah, nudge, Mm. yes. And after, when it started getting worse, then you decided like, I need to get, get some help. And at the time, obviously that was the only help available for you. Yeah. That so was, you just decided. Yeah. Yeah. It was still the only option. Mm. And over there, I don't think medication is cheap, is it? <laughs> Especially for something like this. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, so that would have cost Canada, you. We do have free, free healthcare in Canada. I use that term mm. kind of loosely. Um, but no, I mean, I had benefits at work, which was a saving grace for sure, because yeah, the, the medication that I was on was $50,000 a year. 
which (laughs) is a shock to a lot of people. And it's, there's a lot attached to that because there's the feeling of like, there's no flexibility to leave your job. There's no flexibility. Mm. It's like, I need this. I need the benefits, right? Because I need this Mm. medication. So, yeah. 50,000 a year. Correct. Jeez. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, Jesus Christ, even, yeah, that sounds. And for you, when you went on to the, eventually you decided to go on to the medication. So how was that? Like, did you start to notice change in, in yourself and like at the start of it, when it was the medication working? Um, I, I, over time I went on three different medications because they weren't seeing the progress that they wanted. So we'd change and then we'd change again. Uh, with the Mm. first one, did I notice any change? The thing is on an everyday basis, I wasn't seeing, I wasn't living with symptoms all the time. I was what's called uh, relapsing, remitting multiple sclerosis. So I'd go through phases where I'd have no symptoms at first. Um, and Mm. then I'd have a relapse and my relapses were closer together than they would like to see. They were about every six months. And so through a relapse, the point of the medication or what I've been told about it is that it's designed to reduce the severity of symptoms. So to reduce the relapses, reduce how frequent they are and reduce like, yeah, the symptoms that you get when you're in a relapse. Mm. So did I notice an effect with the first medication? Um, I want to say no, because we ended up changing to a different (laughs) one. Mm. So I didn't feel any different really on that one. It was the best tolerated of the three. I can definitely say that. Um, I used to get sight reactions that they're called. It's like, um, like, you know, when you get a mosquito bite and you get like a raised kind of red hot bump on Mm. your skin. I got that, but they were like this big. So I'd have like a inch and a half or two inch diameter, red round hot spot that was sore on my skin for like a day and then I would inject again. So it was kind of, kind of a continual thing. Mm. Um, when we switched to the next medication, were there differences with that? That reduced the flare-ups or the relapses. They weren't as frequent, but I had side effects from that one. Okay. Which was really not, <laughs> not a great situation. No. And how long did you stay on this for? How long were you going through this process? Um, I can't remember when I started. Makes it hard to answer that. 2006, Mm. maybe, when I started. And I came off of them completely in January of 2016. So it was 10 years that I was on the medication. Mm. Mm. And when did you... Yeah, that's a long time. Suppose when you're told that's the only solution... You, you don't have to, um, you just go along with it. And for you, w- mm-hmm. what was the turning point? Like, when did you realize I can't keep doing this? <laughs> there has to be an alternative. When I was on the last medication that I was actually the last two that I was on, my quality of life started to decrease. Um, I started the symptoms that was would happen during a relapse wouldn't go away before the next relapse. Mm. So they were persistent. 
Um, I had balance issues. I had coordination issues. I would drop things. I would trip and fall when walking, let alone running. Um, my energy was really low. I, I would fall asleep or, well, and then I was medicated for that too, but I would fall asleep while driving home during the middle of the day from work. And so I had to be put on a medication to counter that side effect of the main medication I was on. Mm. And then because I was taking a medication to stay awake, I couldn't sleep at night. So then I had to take another medication to counteract that side effect so that I could actually sleep at night. And overall, I just, I felt horrible all the time. The last medication that I was on, I felt like I, like fluish, like nauseous mm. all of the time. Um, I was cold. I'm trying to think what else. I had a cognitive challenge. There's no way I'd be on a podcast with you when I was in those days. I couldn't speak properly. My brain would have really good ideas and they just wouldn't come out my mouth properly. I would mix up words. I would slur my speech, um, mm. which was super frustrating because I was a retail manager and you know, my boss came into me one day and he was like, you speak really well through email, but then I talk to you in person and you're, you're kind of slow. <laughs> I was like, that's not nice. And I just got to the point where I was like, I can't, if this is how my life is going to continue to continue to watch it decline and slip away from me, I don't want to live this anymore. Mm. And I went to my doctor and said, like, I, I can't, I, I can't do this. I, we need to do something different. And he was like, well, you know, there's nothing else really that we can do. And I, I got, I just, I couldn't, mm. couldn't do it. So, you know, I had been, I had changed my diet already. I did that in 2012. My sim, no, yeah, 2012. My symptoms were starting to improve. And I just kind of got to the point where I was like, I need to try this. Mm. And mm. under no circumstance do I recommend anyone take themselves off medication or do the crazy things that I did. Absolutely work with your doctor if that's something that you're interested in doing. Um, but that's the point where I got to. Mm. I I didn't want to continue living the life I was living. So I had to do something and yeah, that's what I did. And yeah, my doctor wasn't happy. No. When you started making changes with the food, did you say that to him, to your doctor? I, well, I did. I went in for, I'm trying to remember the order. So I went in for a follow-up and he was like, oh, you seem like, you seem better. Like I wasn't testing the same way I was before and my symptoms were getting less. And he's like, what's going on? Why are things getting better? And I said, well, I've made changes to my diet. It's amazing. And he's like, oh, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> <It's kinda> like, <laughs> Let's not talk about what? that. <laughs> really? Why wouldn't you ask me? Like, tell me more about that. And it was just like, no, 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 I don't, I don't know anything about that. And when I went back a year later, because at this point we were just doing follow-ups every year and I was like way better and I had taken myself off my medication, I told him that and he was like, you're playing Russian roulette with your health. I don't want to see you. I don't need to see you. He didn't say I don't want to see mm. you. He said, I don't need to see you anymore. Like you seem like things are way better but it's, I don't, mm. he was not happy about it, but I didn't, I didn't like the fact that he didn't ask, he, know, what are you doing? Because it could help other people. Yeah. He wasn't curious, like to see how you're able to, cause he didn't see you that you've made changes without anything major happening, but he just wasn't able to, yeah. he wasn't curious, curious enough to say what happened. You're just like, Oh, I don't, I'm not, 
it's not for me. Yeah. And I mean, I get it. It's, it's a business, right? I get that, but. Mm. That's it. And when you started to make transition from your medication to changing your nutrition and changing your food, how was that for you? I'm guessing it was easier because it's just food, but when you've been on medication for so long. (laughs) (laughs) Easy. Yes and no. Um, But how did, how did you know what to eat instead of, yeah. How do you know what to eat? I saw a video in 2011. I think I don't even know how I stumbled across it. It just was there. And Mm. it was Dr. Terry Walls, who is the author of, I think it's called the Walls Protocol. And I saw her video and she was talking about this woman had way worse MS symptoms and was dealing with more disability from the, the disease than I was. And she talked about how she used nutrition to alleviate and reverse a bunch of her symptoms. And it was mm. like the timing of it was perfect because I had, I was at a place where I was like, ah, there's gotta be something else I can do. There's gotta be other options. Yeah. And I was like, Whoa, hold on. Like this might be, a way that I can kind of take an active role in my own journey and participate. Mm. And so I went from eating like a bowl of multigrain Cheerios for dinner (laughs) every night and not eating great to a massive diet change. And for a lot of people that can be really overwhelming and hard, but when you're at the place where you're like, it it rock, it wasn't rock bottom necessarily, but it, yeah, it was like, Okay, well, I, I have to do it. something different. Yeah, yeah. I, I and I said to myself, you know what? I'll try it for thirty days, and we'll see what happens. And I didn't stop. <laughs> After thirty days, <laughs> I was like, not a chance. I'm going back to eating the way I was eating before because I felt better. Even energy alone and mental clarity alone, there was a shift. And I was like, mm. okay, well, what else can we do? Right. Yes. Yeah, suppose, yeah, when you start getting energy that you didn't have, you know something is working. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it was, I mean, ultimately it was all about, I got rid of the processed foods that are full of garbage. Sorry. Um, I got rid oh, of yeah, the yeah. sugar that I was eating. <laughs> I got rid of the like inflammatory seeds, inflammatory, yeah, there's a word, inflammatory seed oils. I got rid of the crap that I was eating ultimately. And I started focus on focusing on eating real whole foods. I, I did mm. it pretty much a hundred percent. Um, at first it didn't, I didn't stick with a hundred percent eternally, but, but yeah. at the beginning, like I recognized, especially from, you know, listening to her video and hearing I needed to heal my gut because ultimately our, a lot of our immune system and a lot of our health begins there. So it was like, mm. okay, maybe this will make a difference for me. And I mean, there's other factors as well. Like there's lifestyle things, making sleep a priority, um, cutting Mm. down on alcohol. I guess that's still diet related, right? Um, Managing stress. There's other factors as well, but nutrition was the big tipping point for me that got things moving. Mm. So it wasn't because normally people like to try a diet. (laughs) So for you, it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to take on, whatever diet it was just i'm gonna change the way i eat yeah well it's yeah. i mean it's labeled i guess autoimmune paleo or the paleo mm-hmm. diet um is what 
I started with, I guess. But yeah, I was just like, I'm mm. just going to change the way I'm eating. So I set like pillars or principles for myself where it was, yeah, like not eating processed foods was really a really hard one. But even if you start cutting down on that, it's going to make a difference for you. Sugar as well, mm. right? They're really big ones. It's yeah. Such an impact. There's so much sugar in things yep. that we don't even know. And then they'll label it like no added sugar, but they'll add in other stuff. <laughs> yeah, totally. Mm, mm, mm. And one of the things we previously talked about was when you're going through your MS and you're involved with different groups um, of people that was dealing with the same thing. So for you, when you started to make the transaction from I'm getting off this medication, I'm going to change my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. How was that with a group of people who've been doing the same thing with medication? Like, I'm guessing they didn't welcome your news. <laughs> or did no. they? Maybe they did. No, they didn't. Um, no. <laughs> which was really surprising. I mean, looking back, I get it now. But at the time, I was, I had just kind of said, you know, in the group, I was like, I'm feeling so much better. And I just wanted to share that. I wanted to sing it from rooftops of it initially. Cause I was like, there's, I'm making really small changes that could, could help. And I got a lot of pushback from people. And what I recognize now is that it, there can be community in there. First of all, I had this community that I thought were my friends and I thought this is amazing, but we were friends because we all were going through the same experience. And so when I was no longer suffering and no longer could kind of commiserate with them about like how tired I was and how hard it was to get through the day and how annoying Mm. the brain fog was, suddenly I was an outsider. And there was a lot of like pushback. I got kicked out of all the MS support groups (laughs) pretty quickly. Um, I got some nasty from people. And yeah, they just, it's comfort, right? It's, it's community and it's comfort. And if there's comfort and community in the identity of I'm Kate with MS, which I don't identify with anymore, suddenly when I start to change, it's a threat to the community and to their comfort levels as well. Right. So mm. yeah, it wasn't pleasant, but. And this is not because you're trying to like push your ideas on them. Like you're just telling them what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I wasn't a nutritionist yet. I was just saying like, hey, I tried this thing and have you guys heard of Dr. Terry Walls and just kind of sharing my experience and they were like, Mm. nope, not interested, which I mean, everyone's on a journey, right? And there's different time timelines and we're all going to be ready Mm. for things at different times, which I understand now, but I was, it was hard because I I lost a lot of friends or that I thought were friends. But at the time you probably, you're thinking like, oh my God, what am I doing wrong? Like, did you start to blame yourself at one stage thinking maybe I'm doing something wrong because all these people yeah. are well, not happy yeah. with me? And it can be the feeling too, like I said, the identity. It's like, who am I without MS? What do I have to talk about mm. without MS? What, who, where do I belong without this? Because mm. right? I belonged in these groups and all of a sudden I didn't. And I didn't really have friends outside of that because I'd been living the kind of sheltered, don't have energy, MS life Mm. for a decade. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Mm. Yeah. 
Mm, yeah, that can be diff- that can be challenging, and for even even for people to start sending you emails. Yeah. Like I'm trying to understand. I suppose it's I don't know. It's maybe the threat that you're bringing new ideas in that people are not ready to hear. Yeah, it was just like. Yeah. Who are you to prey on these innocent people? And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa! I'm not preying on anyone. <laughs> like, I there's no, I'm just, I don't get anything from sharing this with you. I'm just sharing a different perspective. So, yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. And uh, in relation to when you, I'm trying to understand the food you're eating when you're going on to your transitioning from normal food to healthier options. I just call it healthy options. Was it a case of eating one of the big things with what well, one of the things that causes us illness is inflammation. Mm-hmm. So for you, was it a case of, of avoiding anything related to that might like cause flares up? At the time, I don't think I recognized that. But yes, looking back, like all the the changes I made to my diet, I re- exactly that. I removed all of the inflammatory triggers because ultimately, yeah, inflammation is at the root of a lot of health issues, chronic health issues. And so, like I said, the inflammatory seed oils were a really big one for me. Um, dairy was a problem for me. Gluten was a problem. Um, I ultimately, I got rid of all grains all sugar, all processed foods. I literally ate fruits, vegetables, meats, some nuts and seeds, um, eggs. And that was about it, which sounds like not a lot, but it really is. If you think about all the different fruits and vegetables. It is. (laughs) It is. I think once like that, because it sounds like you're naming five food, but there's a lot in Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. How many? Yeah. There's a lot in that we can't. And it tastes better. When you stop eating the processed crap and you start eating real whole foods, like they just start to taste better. Your body adapts, right? You know, and your body can adapt so quick. Mm-hmm. I think if you just, yeah, we we often think like, oh, I can't do it. Like I've done it for a day. I can't. I'm going back to what I'm used to. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it yeah. takes time. It takes a bit of a transition time, especially you know, understanding the culture, the bacteria culture in our gut and the other, you know, things that live inside of us, you're going to have gut bugs Mm. that are going to be like, Hey, where's the sugar? What the (laughs) heck? You're starving me. So it does take time to roll over, like to completely cut out sugar for a lot of people that can be really traumatic, depending on how much sugar you've been consuming in the past as well. It can often Mm. be better to go at it gradually for something like that. Um, It's usually when it's if it's linked to something where there's a really strong pull for you to do it, that makes a change. But for most people, ultimately, like if you make small steps towards improving your health, even small steps mm. are going to make a difference in the long run. Right. It's just sticking. Yeah. With it. That's it. That's it. And I think um, a lot of this is about taking a small step each day and eventually. And when you notice the difference and you're feeling good and feeling happy, was it your own decision to come off the medication? It was my decision to come off. Yeah. I had, um, a new, you know, lease of life. <laughs> and well, you know, I'd been just basically kind of surviving work was my main focus for a long time. 
Um, I didn't really have a lot of fun in my life and I met a new person in my life and, you know, new relationship and dating. And all of a sudden I was like, you know what? I feel like crap all the time. I feel like I'm going to throw up all the time. Um, I would like, it was really hard to drive to see them and drive home because I would be like falling asleep on, I just, I felt horrible. And I was like, you know what, this is like, what are you, when are you going to start trusting the food? Because I'd been eating the food differently for five years at that point and was feeling Mm. mostly better, but there was still the like lingering, I thought symptoms from the MS and it was actually side effects from the medication. And so I decided Mm. one day I'm like, I'm done. I'm not taking it anymore. And yeah. And nothing happened as, as a result afterwards. (laughs) And, you know, again, I'm, you know, I want to be very careful in mentioning, like, don't, I'm not suggesting this. It's still good to check with your doctor and to work with a physician because you, you don't know how your body's going to respond. This was the response for my body, but you never, you know, this is not medical mm. advice. This is just my experience, right? No, no. And I think that's another thing that people have to remember. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's what. It's what works for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's only if you try yourself, like we seem to have less trust in our bodies. (laughs) I think anyway, it's like we have to. If you cut your finger, what would you have to do? Would you have to tell it how to heal? No. Right. Ultimately our bodies are trying to, your body's trying to heal you always. And it's like understanding, okay, so what is causing the body not to be able to do that? Mm. And a lot of the times it's either there's a nutrient or there's something missing. Maybe it's water. Maybe it's sleep. There's either something missing that the body needs to be able to heal or there's something there that shouldn't belong there. that doesn't belong Mm. there. Right? So like where are the toxins? Where are the chemicals? Where are the heavy metals? What are the things that are coming into your body? We're exposed to so much, especially today. Yeah right? What is, what is preventing your body from being able to do what it was designed to do? Right? Mm, yeah. We need to go back to that. Listen to your own body and see what works for you. Like just don't say, Oh, this works for cage. So I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's being like, we have innate intelligence inside of us. I mean, that's, that's what I do with clients now as well, because you can, we we're not in tune with our own bodies in the way that we used to be. Like, our ancestors, mm. they knew what needed they needed to do to survive and to stay healthy and and to improve, mm. you know, anything that was going on with their body. And we don't do that anymore. And so it's just, it's getting an understanding of like, what's going on with my body? Why is my body, why do I have this symptom? Why is my body responding in the way it is to the environment, to the food I'm eating, to, you know, the blue light that I'm in front of as mm. we're both sitting in front of devices? <laughs> Um, what is stopping my body from doing what it's trying to do, right? And what can I do to help it? Mm, totally. And you used to do a lot of fundraising for MS when you're being diagnosed with MS and things like that. Are you still involved with that? No, not at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Um, a few things. I yes, I used to do the MS. I did the MS walk for a little while, and then I did the MS bike ride. Um, and I used to go to my friends and ask for money to support. And there was one like definite turning point moment 
for me in terms of fundraising where I went to my best friend at the time and said like, will you sponsor me? I'm doing the the MS bike ride. And she gave me a kind of a slap in the face response out of pure love. Um, but she said to me like, absolutely, I'll sponsor you. I love you. Um, but you know, they're never going to find a cure. Right. And that was like a punch in the stomach because. <laughs> what you mean they're not going to find it? <laughs> yeah. It was, I was angry. I was upset. You know, I didn't talk to her for a couple of days, but ultimately I went home. This is another one, like at the beginning after diagnosis, I went home and I, I thought about it and I had the realization that like, holy crap, what are you doing? I'd been sitting and waiting for this knight in shining armor to come and rescue me. And I'd been waiting for somebody else to find a cure for MS. And ultimately, if anyone was going to save me or if anyone was going to fix things, it was me. And so, you know, from mm. there, I started to realize like, okay, so I need to take responsibility and I need to figure out what I can do. What are the things I can do to help myself with this? And in terms of timing, this was shortly before I saw the Terry Walls video. And that was kind of like, mm. I was available for that when that showed up. Cause I'm yeah. like, I've been looking for something, maybe this is it. Right. Mm. And then I, I jumped mm. into that, but ultimately, yeah, it's, I had been waiting for someone to come with a, come up with a cure. And I recognized that like, what, how yeah. am I, how am I being proactive? What am I doing to help myself if I'm just sitting here and waiting for yeah you know, this outside force? Yes. I think some of the changes starts to happen or things start coming to you when you start asking yourself different questions. Yeah. Your awareness changes and then things start to show up yeah when you start asking yourself different questions then it's like oh i never noticed this before <laughs> absolutely absolutely and then you end up just watching things that just relates to what it is you're looking for yeah totally and um what is quantum nutrition testing that's one of the things you do it is <laughs> it sounds sounds um, very yeah uh... quantum nutrition testing basically it goes on the principle of everything is energy, everything is frequency, right? Like you are in mm. Ireland and I'm in Canada. Mm. How are we talking to each other right now? Right? I'm on Wi-Fi, so I'm not plugged mm. into the internet. People watching this, mm. you can watch this on your cell phone from another part of the world and the picture comes through clear perfectly on your phone, right? You're not mm. physically connected to anything. Quantum nutrition testing is all about, as I said before, the body knows what it needs to heal. And we're not, as humans, connected to that in the way that we used to be in the past. Mm. And so, I mean, muscle testing is the in-person version or the physical version of quantum nutrition testing. It's all about tuning into the body's innate intelligence and asking it, you know, where are the areas that need support? What's the cause? Mm. Why? Why does this area need support? And what does the body need to get back into balance? And so when I was in nutrition school, I learned how to do the in-person version um, where you take someone's arm and you push on their arm and you can test and see, you know, what needs support. But then COVID happened. And in 2020, oh. I couldn't see clients and clients couldn't get mm. help. And so we started learning from a practitioner who had actually had a, a scare with her father where he'd um, had a stroke and was in the hospital and he wasn't getting through like Western medicine has its purpose for sure. 
It's really good for emergencies, but when there's things that are happening and the people need um, other forms of support, that's where holistic health is really beneficial. And so she was Mm. able to figure out how to test him, even though she couldn't go see him in the hospital because it was 2020. Okay. And so she has been teaching how to do the same muscle testing where you tap into the body's intelligence and you're able to see what areas need support, what the cause is, and what the body needs to get back into balance from a distance. And so that's quantum nutrition testing. It's based on quantum physics. Um, It's not like voodoo. It's not magic. (laughs) Um, It's just learning how to connect with the body and understand, you know, even from a distance, what's going on and what areas of support are needed and what's needed, right? Mm. And this is done, obviously, the one you do, you do it online with people. I do it, yeah, over the phone. So I do telehealth with people. Okay. Um, Or yeah, we do a phone appointment. You know, they fill out a a detailed health history. And a lot of the times that's the thing too, right? You go to see your doctor and you get, how long do you get in Ontario? I know for me, you go into the doctor and you're like 10 minutes in there. Same here. It's like, right? (laughs) It's fast, like in and out. You can only bring one problem. Like they don't spend time to ask you, how's your stress? Like, what have you been eating? How's your sleep been? It's very, very vague. So we like to take a really in-depth history um, because I want to know what's going on with you. Because that's the best way that I'm going to be able to help you. Mm. So, yeah, it's um, it is done all telehealth, which is really helpful for people too, because it's easy, right? Yeah, like we get a crap ton of snow in Ontario. (laughs) Oh yes. (laughs) So that alone, you know, makes it easier for people to just get on the phone with me, even in their busy work day. It's like a 10, 15 minute call once a week, and. We're making some really big um, or helping people make some really big changes in their health, which has been really exciting. Mm. Now, all, all this might sound a bit like because it's it's not being done with me going in to see you, my sounds a bit like, don't believe that. So <laughs> what, what sort of changes have you seen like on one or two people? Um, I've had a bunch of heartburn people recently. That we've helped improve that. They're not having the heartburn anymore. They're not having the acid reflex. Um, I have some auto some autoimmune cases as well. I mean, they're drawn to me, I'm I'm guessing, because I have history in autoimmune as well. Um, I've had lots of people able to reduce their medication through working together. Um, we have like a type 2 diabetic who no longer le- needs uh, as much insulin as she was taking before. Like lots of people mm. are seeing big improvements. Uh, weight definitely is one that we see change. I mean, if the body's not in balance, that's why you have symptoms. And so my whole goal is to help figure out what your body needs to get back into balance and then help you get there. And so, yeah, I mean, I get it. I, at first, I thought it was kind of like, okay, that's a little too out there for me to do. <laughs> yeah, it's like, no, no, not for me. I... Yeah, and I mean, ultimately, it's up to the person. If it's like too out there for them or they're like, okay, I don't know about that. Sure. Keep doing what you're Mm. doing. Right. But if you're at the point where, you know, like I said, I was in the past where I was like, I will try anything because what I'm doing is not working. All you can do is try and see. Right. It's not it's Mm. not a, a life commitment. And yes, I do use supplementation. But the thing with supplements versus medication is it's like the the goal is not to you to take that for the rest of your life. Right. Yeah. 
I, and like mm. a doctor as well. Like my goal is not for you to work with me for the rest of your life. My goal is to help you get where you need to go. And then like, yeah, off you go. Off you go like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't come back every six months. Like, <laughs> yeah, call me if you need help, but otherwise like awesome. Off you, enjoy your life. Right. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. You, you have to be, suppose you either reach to a point where like yourself, like there has to be more than this. Or you just have to be curious enough to try different avenues because what we traditionally know and been taught is one way and there's multiple ways for healing. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. how does prayer work? How does Reiki work? How does yeah. this thing yeah. work? Right? <laughs> yeah, we need yeah. to become more open-minded. Mm-hmm. And what do you think the type of questions your doctor should have asked you Um, when you're making your changes? Just some curiosity. I mean, would have been nice. Like, okay, well tell me more about Mm. that. Like what changes have you made? What are you doing? How are you feeling? You know, where, where have you noticed improvements? There was nothing. There was nothing. It was just like, okay. Yeah. Off you go. So yeah. Mm. But I mean, I get it. They have, they have so much on their plate. They have so many things to deal with. Yeah. They're doing the best they can with the resources they have. They just don't have the resources to be able to help us actually get better. Right. Mm. Totally. Totally. And, uh, sorry, three more questions is what's one of the things you're proud of? Um, what am I proud of yourself? Sorry. Not- like personally, <laughs> Yeah. I don't give up. I think that's the biggest thing I'm proud of for myself because there's mm. definitely been times where I've been like, nope, I'm done. I'm, it's, I can't do this. It's not easy. Making changes to your diet alone is not easy. Making changes to the things that you do every day in your routine and going back to school at, in your mid thirties and all the things that I've been through in my life in terms of health, in terms of family, in terms of trauma, in terms of everything, um, I don't give up. So that's probably my, my biggest thing that I'm proud of. Mm. And what, what makes you happy? What makes me happy? Mm. <laughs> um, sunshine, <laughs> nature. Um, I have a dog who makes me happy. Um, mm. Vacationing with my spouse. I like being outside. That's probably the biggest one. Not in the winter, though. Not in Canada. Not in Canada, no. No. And, yeah, just... Yeah, just another thing to point out, like, for the changes that you made for you, it wasn't just a case of changing your nutrition. There's all other factors involved. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, Mm. like... Changing your nutrition, that alone can be stressful, right? And so stress was a really big thing that I had to kind of learn to navigate and learn to manage that for mm. myself as well. Um, if ever there's a time where I, I've had any symptoms since everything was gone, I guess I haven't since 2016, but before that, the times where things would, would kind of flare up a bit again were stressful times. So learning to manage stress was a really big part for sure. Um, making sure sleep is a priority is a really big one. Uh, making sure digestion is functioning properly. This is some people don't like this conversation, but mm. you're not pooping every day. I'm sorry. There's something's not right in your system. 
and just making sure to pay attention to getting to understand your body a little bit more and listen to the messages because symptoms aren't just um, there. Yeah. They're trying to, your body's trying to say like, Hey, I need your help. Yeah. You something is, yeah. Something, yeah. Uh... So the nutrition was the tipping point, but then it was going from there and learning like, what else can I do? What are the other layers? So yeah, it's definitely yeah. a multi, multi-step process. Sweet. Thank you. Uh, sorry. I thought I was done. Uh, I was looking at one of your blogs that you did in relation to uh, normal blood. Mm-hmm. Where you talk about just because you have normal blood, it doesn't mean everything is normal. That's obviously from a personal experience as well. The normal blood work? Yeah. 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 Just because your your labs are coming back as normal. I've had that in the past for sure. And my doctor, I had thyroid stuff I was dealing with for a while and I went to my doctor and they were like, your blood works fine. There's nothing wrong with you. And it's mm. similar to the, like, it's all in your head. Just because your blood works coming back as normal, and this could be a whole different episode, but if you still have symptoms, mm. you're not okay. Like, don't stop digging. I think that was kind of one of the big things that I recognized for myself too, was that if there's still, if you're still not feeling good, even though your doctor says that you're fine, don't like, don't stop. Don't stop moving forward. Don't give up on yourself. Realize that there are other options. If your doctor's saying there's nothing you can do or there's nothing wrong with you, they're just saying to you, there's nothing I can do. I don't know how to help you with this. That just is a sign that you need to find someone who does because there's lots of options. There's lots of resources out there. Um, and be your own advocate. If you're not feeling well, if you're still having symptoms, there's something not right. And just recognize that. Totally, totally. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. You. If you have enjoyed this episode, I would really appreciate it. If you could leave a quick review on my Facebook page, Don't Be Afraid to Talk, or DM me on Instagram. The show notes will include all the relevant links from today's episode. If you haven't already, please download leave a rating and share with your friends you might just reach the person who needs to hear this message please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes i am james lumumba signing off with gratitude